Hi, this is Bill Wills. And I'm Mike Snyder. Thanks for checking out Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. We're around daily, 5 to 9, news, sports, traffic and weather on the 10s. Mike, a lot going on, right? Yeah, there always is. And we've got the latest in sports. Of course, what's going on with the Tribe, what may be happening with the Cavs and the Browns. And then, of course, we have the news and we get you around town with traffic on the 10s. Be sure to follow us here on the podcast and get the episode each and every day. And join us if you can on Twitter. I'm Bill Wills at WTAM 1100. And I'm at Snyder. 1100. Today's Wills and Snyder in Cleveland's Morning News. Glad to have you with us. If they brought you by Union Home Mortgage. Now it's getting serious. If your Red Bull's going up, that's going to catch people's attention on this inflation thing, you know? <laughs> Is Jaeger going to go up too? That's good. There we go. That's going to get serious. Red Bull and Jaeger. Wait till Biden hears about that. Boy, he was mad yesterday. Speaking of the AFL CIO, blaming Trump for everything. He had a line yesterday that uh, was a Trump left office, the only president left office with fewer jobs. That's what he said. He forgot to mention the pandemic. He did. But that. details. It's always details with these politicians, you know? He forgets uh, a lot of things. Scooter Reese, producer extraordinaire, coming up. We have a great story about a a headless body, huh? Yeah. I don't know. I don't <laughs> you know. You can't make this stuff behind up. Behind the jury, making Georgia Burger King. Oh, so I geez. don't know if that person right. got it their way. Well, but. we'll get to that trending on the way. WTAM 1100, traffic and weather together on the 10s first. Pat Butler, help me here. All right, you got it. Thanks, Bill. Next traffic update in nine minutes at 520. Pat Butler, WTAM traffic on 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. We got some serious heat to deal with today. If you got to be outside working, just pace yourself, okay? Air quality advisory for a ground level ozone has been issued for throughout Northeast Ohio. We've got a heat advisory in effect, 10 a.m. this morning till 9 p.m. tonight. Air quality indexes as well will be out of whack. A sunny, hot day into the 90s. Heat index is well above 100. Tonight, clear but muggy at 80. Your Thursday, a scattered storm or two will approach and will be near 90. A muggy 72 this morning at your severe weather station. Guardians with a win in 10. Mike Snyder Sports coming. 90 Nation. Picking up the pieces of yesterday and building a new day. Cleveland's Morning News with Will and Snyder on WTAM 1100 and 106.9 FM. Later today, Clay and Buck, noon to 3. Senator Ron Johnson, always a good guest, 2 o'clock. He'll uh, be joining him. And this afternoon, Carmen Angelo fills in for vacationing Bloom Daddy. It's politics left, right, center today. 5 o'clock hour with Democrat Zach Reed, Republican Pastor James Davis. Bloom Daddy Show, 3 to 7. On News Radio, WTAM 1100. Cleveland's Morning News with Wells and Snyder. It's uh, 514. This is Bill Wills, Scott Scooter, HVAC Reese alongside. We've got trending this morning at Wills and Center Facebook. WillsandCenter.com. The headline. Headless body found behind a Burger King? Yes, in Macon, Georgia, Bill, and 13 WMAZ down there has the story. Right now, Bibb County authorities also investigating after finding a body in a wooded area behind a Macon Burger King. Coroner Leon Jones said they found the body off Ron Iser Drive deep in the woods behind the Burger King near Eisenhower Parkway. Jones said it appeared the body had been there for a long time. He could not confirm the sex or race of the person. Oh, good. Well, here's the thing. No, that body probably could have been there before they built that Burger King. You don't well, you know think that. You could be that old. You could be, yes. Wow. So think about it. That Burger King probably never existed. It's all woods back there. Okay. And you know, DNA testing, NCIS. Yeah, all oh, this a headless body. Get a hold of Ducky. All right, thank you, Scoop. You're welcome. That's up there for you. 
uh, in five, the stock market, where we're at, where we're going. Uh, all eyes on the Fed today with this interest rate hike that is expected. Money Guy Jordan Goodman of MoneyAnswers.com will join me on that. Let's get to sports. 515, Mike Snyder is in. Went 10, huh? Yeah, it did go 10, Bill. The Guardians beginning their road trip in Colorado. Game was tied at 3 after 9. Shane Bieber pitched into the 7th, allowing 3 runs. Uh, then we get to the 10th inning. Jose Ramirez doubled home the runner from 2nd to give the Guardians a 4-3 lead. And then in the bottom of the inning, well, Emmanuel Classe, he had to work out of some trouble. Rockies, runners 1st and 2nd, and 1 out. Here's what happened. Here comes the pitch. Swung on, ground ball to the second baseman, Jimenez. To the back for one. Rosario to first. Double play. And the Guardians win it. Classe works out of it. A mammoth jam in the bottom half of the 10th inning. And the Guardians win a hard-fought 4-3 ball game in Denver. Yeah, what a beginning of the road trip. Classic really working out of a tough jam. Of course, you get that ghost runner at second. The Rockies had runners at first and at third, and then a little bouncer back to Classe. And, it, well, they, they they finally got the runner from third, Blackman, who went to the plate, and then they got him in a rundown, and it wasn't really pretty. Hedges dropped the ball a couple times, but they got him out, and that was key, and that set up that first and second with one-out double play to finish the game. At the plate, Jose Ramirez knocks in three more. He has six. 62 runs batted in, and the Guardians get game one of the series and the road trip. The series continues tonight at 8.40. Connor Pilkington will be on the mound. Of course, you can hear it right here in free on the iHeartRadio app. Now, Pilkington in the rotation because Aaron Savali is still on that injured list, but Savali will get his second rehab start for Columbus tonight. If things go well, we could see him uh, back in the rotation next week in Minnesota. At Browns minicamp, Deshaun Watson was the story. He did meet with the media. You heard some of his comments at the top of the hour, uh, and there were no questions about the offense for him. It was all about his uh, legal situation and what's going on off the field. He did want to clarify a comment that he made in March about not having any regrets. I, I never assaulted, disrespected, or harassed anyone. But at the same time, I do understand that uh, I do have regrets as far as the impact that it's had on the community and people outside of just myself. You know, and that includes my family, that includes this organization, that includes my teammates in this locker room that have to answer to these questions, that includes, you know, the fan base of the Cleveland Browns, that includes males, females, everyone across the, the world. Uh, that's one thing I do regret is the impact that it's have triggered on so many people. Now, Watson's comments yesterday came on the same day the lawyer for the massage therapist uh, said he will be filing lawsuits that will reach the total now to 26 in those lawsuits against Watson. Now we wait to hear what the NFL plans to do, and something before training camp certainly is expected. The Browns will continue their camp today. Actually, they will travel to Canton, and they'll have a light workout there at Tom Benson Field next to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Players will get a chance to uh, get a tour of the Hall of Fame today. Guardians and Rockies are not the top story in Denver tonight. It's game one of the Stanley Cup final where the Avalanche will host the Lightning and game six of the NBA finals. That's tomorrow night in Boston. The Warriors will look to wrap it up. Boston will look to force a game seven. Home of the Guardians and the Cavs, Mike Snyder, WTAM Sports. Money in the Fed today looks like they're going to raise interest rates. Boy, the stock market's uh, in a uh, official uh, bear territory. Let's bring in Rory O'Neill first on one of the stocks that was really a disruption in the industry, and that's Netflix. Man, it's it's really getting pounded, isn't it? 
It really is, Bill, down more than 70% just this year. So it is taking it on the chin as the company says it is facing increased competition. They already lost about 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter of this year. Get this, they're expecting to lose 2 million subscribers in the second quarter because as these are tougher times for many people. Lots of people are saying, do I need to spend 20 bucks a month on this? Uh, or, you know, again, there's a lot more competition and they're checking out Disney, Discovery, uh, Paramount and on and on, Peacock and on and on and on. Yeah, I'm a Netflix, I'm a Netflix customer and even I see the, the content leaving Netflix because you're right. All these other streaming, all these other companies are saying, wait a minute, you know, you're NBC, get Peacock. Now that's our content. Let's start our own streaming service. Well, right, and a lot of cell phone plans now include a, a streaming service, you know, a competitor, maybe a Hulu or one of these other services. So now you're saying, well, why do I need to pay 20 bucks a month to see more Law & Order episodes from 1985? Right. Well, so, they were, they were uh, good, but I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, right. but, but the other thing, too, is there's, what's the great buzzy show on Netflix? I mean, season four of Stranger Things, right. that's yeah. getting a little long on the tooth. Yeah. And then you say, all right, some of that other, I guess Bridgerton has been a big hit for them lately, but you know, let's let's face it, that really only attracts half the demographic out there. So uh, they're, they're looking for another hit over at Netflix, and yeah. they're spending on it seventeen right. billion in development costs. That is uh, that is a problem. Netflix uh, stock heading down. Rory O'Neill this morning. Rory, thanks much. Thanks, Bill. All right, broader term as far as the stock market, bring in Jordan Goodman, moneyanswers.com. I mentioned the bear. You got the bulls and the bears. We're technically now in a bear market, Jordan. From the peak. That's right. We're now down, the Dow is down 21% from its peak. So we are officially in bear market territory. Other indices, much, much more than that. The S&P down over 30%. Uh, NASDAQ, a lot of the stocks in the NASDAQ are down 50, 60%. So yes, we're definitely in a bear market now. All right, I want to get to the Federal Reserve, but first, what, what the Reserve is watching, and, and really all of us, I mean, just the price at the pump. I'm at 505 around here this morning. Oil prices, natural gas prices, all those things are, are, are catching the attention, right? Well, it is, and that's what's causing the Federal Reserve. And they're probably going to raise rates uh, three-quarters of a point, or th 75 basis points. They raised it uh, half point at the last meeting. Uh, they feel they're way behind. I mean, their interest rate, the Fed funds rates at 1%. Inflation at the consumer level is at 8.6%. And uh, oil's up to $120 a barrel, so it's going to continue to work its way through. So, yeah, we're over $5 nationally at the pump now. I think that's going to go much higher. All right, this is a careful dance for the Fed because you want the economy to grow. We had a good jobs report a few weeks ago, but we're heating up too fast? Well, yeah, we've had too much demand and not enough supply, and that's why prices are going up so much. Still, The only thing the Fed feels they can do is to slow the economy by raising interest rates, and that will slow down inflation eventually. But it's going to take a while for that to happen. I mean, it's happening in the housing market right now. You know, We had the super overheated housing market. That's gone. Okay, we don't have 60 bids for every house that's on for sale right now. Um, and so the higher mortgage rates, and this week, mortgage rates went over 6% bill. I mean, that's really a big, big rise in a short period of time. That cools off demand and cools off prices of housing. But there's a lot of other areas where there's still, there's not enough food. We talked about oil going up. There's just too many shortages and too much demand. Jordan Goodman of MoneyAnswers.com. It's such a strange time. We're coming out of this pandemic, which which is historic. You got Putin and and what he's doing. I've got supply chain issues. A lot of this though can be emotional. If 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 I could if I feel secure in my job and my future. 
But yet I'm hearing all this negative news, and I don't go out and buy a new car or buy new furniture. That hurts the economy, too, right? Well, that's right. Consumer confidence has been falling as well because people see all these things going on. I think what's heading consumer confidence the most is the inflation. And people see at the pump, at the grocery store, and their everyday in rents and fuel. This is what's hitting people. And their income is not going up enough to keep up with these rising prices. I think we're going to get inflation over 10% by September. So oh, jeez. It's oh. really, uh, it, we're already at 11% of the producer level um, at the consumer level. I think it's going to happen. This oil can keep working its way through, and food, the same thing. I and mean, we have a food shortage in the world. The, the, all the grains coming out of Ukraine are not coming out of Ukraine. So it's, it's a combination. That takes a toll on consumer confidence. And when the stock market goes down like this, it has what they call the negative wealth effect. People feel less wealthy, and therefore they spend less. Now more than ever, you've got to have good information. Whether you're investing or trying to save money, I would suggest you check moneyanswers.com. That's Jordan's website. Wonderful content, wonderful things up there, Jordan. Absolutely. There's a lot of things you can do. But don't panic, Bill. That's never, never a good strategy. that a little bit. Got uh, Noam Layden following that story this morning. Uh, Noam, good morning. The talk is about a point seventy-five, the basis points, three quarters of a uh, percent, I guess, on the uh, on the interest rate rise. The Fed could announce at 2 o'clock today. The story, I think, would be if, if they don't do it. I, you know, <laughs> everyone expects them to raise the rate, um, Bill. The uh, Fed will announce its decision 2 o'clock today. It's likely they'll decide on a three-quarter point boost. It would be the first rate hike of that size since 1994. Of course, it's all in response to inflation. You had the Consumer Price Index, which is this broad basket of goods and services used to track inflation. It surged way higher than anyone thought it would in May to 8.6%. And of course, as you just mentioned, gas is 505 in, uh, in your neck of the woods today. Uh, there's uh, food and housing costs are surging. And so the Fed says, hey, it's time to rein it in. And they're hoping that this will do that. So we're talking about 75 basis points. Uh, the stock market's technically in a bear uh, mood now because of the drop. I I'm guessing stocks expect 75 basis points. So if it's above or below that, that could affect the market even more. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, absolutely. And then, you know, really it comes down to just the average consumer who's really going to get socked with this. So um, credit card debt will become more expensive with the high APRs. They'll hit borrowers within one or two billing cycles after the Fed makes its announcement today. Uh, every quarter point increase in the Fed's benchmark interest rate translates to an extra 25 bucks a year in interest on $10,000 in debt. So if it's three quarter point boost, uh, that would mean an extra $75 of interest for every $10,000 in debt. Uh, mortgage rates, which of course you've probably seen have surged in response uh, to the Fed's rate increases already this year. Uh, it's at 5.23% today. It's expected that'll go higher. Uh, but there's one small uh, thing of good news. Okay. It's very small build-up. Right. When it comes to uh, higher interest rates, the bright side is you'll get better yields from uh, savings accounts and certificates of deposit. Maybe finally a yield, because most <laughs> Most of those have been at zero for a while. All right. Yeah. Two o'clock today, Fed will announce it. Noam Laden with a preview this morning. Noam, good stuff. Thanks, pal. Thanks, Bill. And now, five good minutes. The uh, month of June has been set aside for PTSD Awareness Month. Serious topic, post-traumatic stress syndrome, right? Okay. We're much more open, it seems, as a society now about mental health. I want to spend five minutes with Dr. Gregory Jantz, a psychologist, specializes in anxiety, depression. There's a website he's got that's a, got a pretty good link in, in, in taking a test to 
to see if indeed you have or someone you love has PTSD. Doc, I appreciate your time. Uh, first of all, the the term post-traumatic stress syndrome, normally we, we would equate that to veterans. Yes, usually we usually think of it in terms of our vets, which is very real. But it's really affecting a great number of people right now, that post-traumatic stress. The key word in that is trauma. And we're in a time right now where there's a lot of trauma. How do you recognize PTSD? Are, are there different levels of it, Doctor? I look at it on a continuum, and that's a great question. Maybe some mild trauma uh, to severe, but we, we know over time it gets the symptoms get worse and worse. So we think of the classic fl- flashbacks, perhaps, or uh, dreams that are haunting us, uh, a hypervigilance, which means I'm just very, very hyper alert uh, to something bad happening. Uh, significant swings in depression could be post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, anxiety would be at the top of the list. And by the way, right now, post-pandemic, I guess, I think we can say post, um, (laughs) right now, I don't know. See, that's the thing, you don't know. Um, That uh, anxiety is our number one diagnosis in our country. Number one. That tells you there's a lot of folks suffering. I think about a couple people listening this morning. Let me ask you first about a parent who is listening. Can a child suffer PTSD? A child may exhibit symptoms of trauma. Let's say there's been uh, some physical abuse or, or sexual abuse um, uh, or significant loss for that for that child. Mm-hmm. Uh, even coming through the pandemic, uh, not going to school, this online learning that failed massively. Um, kids, um, it hasn't been normal. It hasn't been normal development. So kids can really. Uh, they learn that, hey, you know, I, I, when I go to school, I, I, I don't, my teacher can't touch me, I can't hug, uh, the playground's not safe. You know, we have all these fears that have been implanted in our kids, and that's dangerous. That does create post-traumatic stress disorder. And some of those warning signs you have mentioned um, are things about depression, anxiety. If you, you notice that as a parent in your kids, something that, that you need to be aware of as far as the way you're, you're dealing, talking with them, and at some point, you, I guess you make a decision whether or not you reach out for, for professional care or consultation? You know, and one of the ways that can help us, I have a wonderful, it's a free, private, confidential questionnaire you can take online yeah. just to see where you score or a loved one. Go to aplaceofhope.com. That's aplaceofhope.com. And look at that depression and anxiety survey. Just see where you score on that. Wonderful way to uh, at least start a conversation or answer a few questions. Absolutely. Doctor, I I appreciate it. We'll put a link up, aplaceofhope.com. See the questionnaire and uh, see what's going on in your life or that that loved one. Doctor, thank you much. Good to be with you. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. This is Bill Wills. Thanks for being here. Coming up in 5, aviation expert Jay Radliff on a couple of things. Believe it or not, we're back to almost the, I guess, the capacity as far as the number of people flying. We're back to uh, almost where we were before the pandemic. A lot of people in the air. Uh, and the airlines are raising the price, too. Jay will uh, join me in five. We'll talk more about it. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Scott Scooter, Denny Crane-Reese alongside. The uh, Deshaun Watson story grows a little just because he talked yesterday. I, I don't think so uh, for what me and my attorneys went through. But at the same time, you know, that's, a, that's more of a, a legal question that I can't really get into details about. Um, so you'll probably have to ask my attorneys and things like that to confirm.
talking about the six. It's is it total sixty six? I get these numbers. Well, the, I know the Fed's going to raise the rate point seven five. <laughs> right. And Deshaun Watson at sixty six total. Well, they that the New York Times report says okay. sixty six. Right. The the actual lawsuit there. count is twenty four. Twenty four. And two more are going to be added. All right. Whoa. Wilson Snyder Facebook WilsonCenter dot com. You can see more about what Deshaun said yesterday. We'll uh, talk to Fred Greetham after eight. I think it's one of those stories, if you've made up your mind, it's not going to change no matter what. The only question is, Scoot, how many games? Uh, the six is the magic number. You, you say 66 so? massage. Well, I think six You're is going to be... with six, six because of 66 uh, six, massage therapists. Six games is what I think, that they, and initially what I thought they're going to give in, he appeals goes to four. Okay. But Based on what's Boston legal or what? Because of everything now that a little bit more is coming out, I believe he ends up with six. They're going to give him made, he appeals, he gets six games. I believe it's six I games. I still like this list thing you're putting him on. The Goodell can put him over to the side, right? Well, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's not good for the Browns, but, no, but I, I, I think to me, though, it looks like the only reasonable yeah. thing to do. Yeah, thinking of the shield. I mean, he, thinking of the NFL and how to get, handle it now. He would get paid, but they, again, as they, I mean, these stories, I mean, they're they're up to 26 yeah. lawsuits right now. Because the NFL can't, well, they can do whatever they want, but if they were to come out with, here, here's the six games, let's say, and the next week there's another 25. Well, exactly. It's like, whoa. I don't see. And, and, and in fairness to Deshaun, if they suspended him for the season, uh, and then they, they, they yeah. find out more that, yeah. you know, well, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Yeah. That's why I think, the, to me, the most uh, equitable way to handle this as of now would be to put him on that list, which is actually not good for the Browns. And traffic and weather coming up for you in a couple. A lot of golf happening with the U.S. Open, of course, teeing it up tomorrow. There's yeah. been golf noise around yes. this live tour, of course. Yeah. Uh, back on Monday, I had a chance to play at Barrington, raise some money for the uh, the turn, join the turn, which is a great organization, helping people with uh, uh, different disabilities get back out. And golf is one of those ways uh, that they use it. And speaking of golf, I want to check in with my buddy Mark Arnold. Uh, Mark is a local guy, but he's the national co-chair for the American Blind Golf Association, Northeast Ohio, big part of what they're doing here uh, soon. Mark, good morning. Thanks for the time, pal. Morning, Bill. Thanks to you as well. And Mike and I want to know, how's your game? It is coming along quite well. <laughs> uh, back to uh, back to my original coach, and uh, he is uh, quite a uh, person that can uh, decipher anyone's problems with the swing, and we've got some things going that we're... Uh, we're hoping for good things. Tonight's it sounds like all of us. We're, we're kind of we're, we're always working on something, yeah, oh, right? Well, yes, absolutely. No absolutely. matter the level of play, yeah. Hey, uh, Mark, we talked for for several years. Uh, the uh, this is the tenth anniversary coming up. I know the partnership with Wounded Warriors has been so important. There's a Ryder Cup format. This is a big uh, big thing for the really a team that the U.S. puts together versus Canada, right? It's a big deal for us. It's our version of the Ryder Cup, and we've got 10 blind and uh, vision-impaired golfers coming down from the Great White North, and uh, the U.S. team has 10 players ready to go, and we have uh, two of our top totally blind players on the U.S. team this year, so uh, we're looking for a great competition. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, for someone listening, there's a couple ways to get involved. You want to support, or you want to be a part of a little scramble event. You got some different things, right, Mark? Uh, they can visit our official, the tournament website is ohioblindgolf.com. And yes, we are, uh, our big fundraiser for the year every year is our, is our charity scramble. We call it For the Warrior Blind Golf Scramble it is Friday, June 21st, first, or 24th, I'm sorry. Yeah. And we are sold out, but um, if people would like to, to learn a little bit more or they would like to make any contributions, 
if I can get in just a little plug, I mean, since our partnership with Wounded Warrior Project in the last 10, 10 years, we've raised quarter of a million dollars that we've given away to uh, blind student scholarships in northeastern Ohio and certainly uh, supporting our, our wounded warriors in, uh, in the area. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, passion uh, when it comes to that. Okay, so if you, someone you know, uh, want, you want to get involved, OhioBlindGolf.com, best way, Mark, to connect? Correct. They can uh, they can find my phone number. They can uh, find email addresses. They could certainly get a hold of us. And if anyone wants to come down, I know we're having it at Pine Valley Golf Club right yeah. here in my hometown of Wadsworth. And Michael Reynolds and his wife uh, Lisa, the owners, they've uh, erected a couple little mini grandstand. We've got some uh, youth golfers from Highland coming down to to watch us. But if if folks are curious, like how in the heck do these crazy uh, blind <laughs> and vision-impaired folks play golf, um, they'll, they'll see a few clunkers, but they'll see some amazing golf shots. Mark, what is the date of the tournament? The, the actual tournament is the 22nd and the 23rd, so next Wednesday and Thursday are right, the competitive well. rounds. Oh, you represent us well. We're banking on a U.S. win. Mark Arnold, National Co-Director of American Blind Golf, Pine Valley, and Wadsworth. You can find out more at Ohio Blind Golf. Dot com. Good stuff. Mark, thanks. Uh, thanks, Mark. Swing straight, okay? Yeah. Thanks, guys. 6.56, News Radio, WTAM 1100. This is Bill Wills. Thanks for being there. Hope you have a good day. Hang in there. Stay cool. Watch yourself. Christopher, watching the entertainment news. Even Courtney Cox making his list this morning. What's going on? Stranger Things is officially the most watched English language series on Netflix. The streamer says fans watched just over 781 million hours of the first half of the fourth and final season since its May 27th debut, knocking Bridgerton's second season into Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder on WTAM 1100 and 106.9 FM. Coming up in uh, 6, our business career insider Greg Stebbin asked a pretty good question to us parents. Do we understand budgets and money enough to teach our kids? I mean, really? He's got a couple of points about uh, some different business models, so we'll get to that some of about five. Six minutes on News Radio, WTAM 1100. All right, trending this morning, Wilson Center Facebook, WilsonCenter.com. Scooters posted a story of what they had found outside of Burger King. Yes, Bill, and uh, they're going to have to call Axel Foley from Detroit, the one and only uh, <laughs> Eddie Murphy, to go and check this out in Macon, Georgia. There was a headless body found behind the Georgia Burger King. We Ooh. have a report. Yes. Right now, Bibb County authorities also investigating after finding a body in a wooded area behind the Macon Burger King. Coroner Leon Jones said they found the body off Ron Eisner Drive deep in the woods behind the Burger King near Eisenhower Parkway. Jones said it appeared the body had been there for a long time. He could not confirm the sex or race of the person. Now, here's the key. Long time. Here's now, the key. What is the key? The, is key? the key is here is you got to see if that Burger King wasn't built yet. Because... They had a lot of woods back there, so that body could have been there way before they built that Burger King. Get a hold of Ducky and NCIS. You ain't kidding. Have them roll in. I mean, the headless body, this is going to be a tough one. Of all the things going on in the world, why do you post a story about it? Because things like these are important. They're important. You know, forget the weather, forget the Fed. A headless body behind Burger King is more important. It does take our mind off. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Have it your way, you know? Stop. Oh, jeez. I knew you were going to go Stop. there. Stop. That's a whopper of a story. Sports. <laughs> Mike Snyder. Do you take time to balance your checkbook? Or am I dating myself even saying checkbook? And now. 
five good minutes. Career business insider Greg Stebbin joins me this morning on teaching finance. Greg, good morning. Hey, good morning. Okay, I want to get into this as a parent talking to kids about money, but do we parents really understand sometimes? You sent me a couple interesting articles, including the, the struggles that Uber uh, is going through and, and with, with personal finance and education and, and some of the basics of handling money maybe would help Uber, I guess, right? Well, you know, Uber, like many startups, has never been profitable. And Uber's been around a long time. And, and you know, millions and millions of people use it every day. You'd think they'd figure out a way to make money, but no, they haven't. And at the same time, there's a lot of stories in the news right now about some states making financial education or education and personal literacy, financial literacy, uh, a required class in high school. And I started thinking, Maybe more startups would be profitable if we all learned a little bit about more about money going all the way back to high school. Because at the root of many, many problems in life, including many marriages, is a problem with a lack of understanding about money. I think you're right. I mean, look at the news today. We're talking about it with the Fed and the interest rate and the bear market. And what, what's all this mean? Look, I, I, I'll admit, never liked math. Uh, algebra only taught me frustration. Uh, that's, but I did. Re- I remember taking the personal finance class. And I, I mentioned balancing the checkbook. I read something last night. Less than 30% of people actually balance their checkbook. And the answer is, well, the bank keeps track of that. A lot of people don't even know how much money they have. Yes. Yes. And so what happens is you go and you buy something or even worse, you withdraw cash right from your account with your debit card. And then you've written a check or paid something online. And what you do is start incurring a lot of fees. And those fees, for many people, lead to this downward spiral towards an out-of-control state of, you know, constant indebtedness. That's all unnecessary because the fees of themselves are unnecessary if you only knew how to control your money. And I think for many people, it seems like it's out of reach. It's impossible. And you know what? I, I hope I can say this on the radio. If we're going to teach sex ed in school, it seems like we should teach money ed or or financial literacy as well. I agree with you 110%. Okay, now, as parents, though, you, maybe the school offers something in finance. So maybe if, you know, late this summer when you uh, your kid says, hey, I got the email from the, the high school about the list of classes, take a look with them and see if there is anything about it about personal finance, or at least talking to them this summer about personal finance, it may help them make better career choices, too, right? Well, and you know, it's interesting. Yes, I completely agree. You're going to make, if you're a kid and you're either thinking about a summer job or you're graduating high school and you're planning your college or you're planning your career after high school, if you understand money and why it's important, you've gained a very valuable tool in taking control of, frankly, the rest of your life. You're going to make different decisions when money and understanding money is part of the calculus you use. Sorry to throw calculus in there to upset oh, I, people I about that. I never math. even went but down there. But going to change the calculus uh, of of your plans but you know what i bet if a lot of parents started looking into financial financial literacy classes for their kids they might just find out that they as parents are not financially literate either i mean the whole family can benefit from this business career insider greg stebbin great follow on twitter at greg stebbin hey speaking of business let me ask you this are, are you seeing any trend or or companies i mean they're, they're wanting to do everything they can to keep us happy as employees if if they know we need help in this area how about doing that at work, maybe offering some kind of a class? 
Yeah, this has been going on for a few years now of companies offering as part of their benefits classes in financial literacy and even platforms for better managing your money. And one of the benefits for companies is very, very obvious. When people are stressed out about money because they're not managing it well, they're not very productive at work. So your company is better off helping you manage your money because you do your job better. But a lot of companies are also finding that the more they teach financial literacy, the better decisions people make about the company itself. When you're clueless about money, it's hard to make smart decisions for the company. When you understand money, you start thinking about the company like your own finances and making better decisions. Like it. Every employee should think about the company i think is, is it is theirs because i think you make better decisions you're right uh, and especially if you run a business take some time and learn some of the basics sometimes good tips basic stuff greg stebbin career business insider follow him on twitter at greg stebbin how far did you get in algebra by the way uh, I, I went as far as my school would allow it. I, oh, I, the, I took that, every math class I had, but you I stopped the, there. You threw the curve <laughs> off and everything, I'll bet. You were that kid. You were the one. All Sorry right. about that. Thank you, Stevan. Take care. <laughs> it's great to be here. June is National PTSD Awareness Month. And now, five good minutes. Our mental health psychologist specializing in anxiety, depression, addiction care is Dr. Gregory Jans joins me this morning. He's got a uh, website we'll get to about uh, kind of even a quiz up there you can take to see where you or someone you love is at uh, as far as mental health uh, but doctor appreciate your time seriously in in ptsd at, at first glance i guess most of us think of this when it comes to uh, for years for veterans uh, coming back from war yes usually we usually think of it in terms of our vets which is very real but it's really affecting a great number of people right now that post-traumatic stress the key word in that is trauma and we're in it time right now where there's a lot of trauma how do you recognize ptsd are, are there different levels of it doctor i look at it on a continuum and that's a great question maybe some mild trauma uh to severe but we, we know over time it gets the symptoms get worse and worse so we think of the classic fl flashbacks perhaps or uh, dreams that are haunting us uh, a hypervigilance, which means I'm just very, very hyper alert uh, to something bad happening. Uh, significant swings in depression could be post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, anxiety would be at the top of the list. And by the way, right now, post-pandemic, I guess, I think we can say post, um, <laughs> right now. I don't know. See, that's the yeah. thing. You don't know. Yeah. Um, that uh, anxiety is our number one diagnosis in our country. Number one, that tells you there's a lot of folks suffering. I think about a couple people listening this morning. Let me ask you first about a parent who is listening. Can a child suffer PTSD? A child may exhibit symptoms of trauma. Let's say there's been uh, some physical abuse or, or sexual abuse um, uh, or significant loss for that for that child. Mm -hmm. uh, even coming through the pandemic. Uh, not going to school, this online learning that failed massively. Um, kids, um, it hasn't been normal. It hasn't been normal development. So kids can really. Uh, they learn that, hey, you know, I, I, when I go to school, I, I, I don't 
my teacher can't touch me, I can't hug, uh, the playground's not safe. You know, we have all these fears that have been implanted in our kids, and that's dangerous. That does create post-traumatic stress disorder. And some of those warning signs you have mentioned um, are things about depression, anxiety. If you, you notice that as a parent in your kids, something that, that you need to be aware of as far as the way you're, you're dealing, talking with them, and at, and at some point you... I guess you make a decision whether or not you reach out for for professional care or consultation? You know, and one of the ways that can help is I have a wonderful, it's a free private confidential questionnaire you can take online yeah. just to see where you score or a loved one. Go to aplaceofhope.com. That's aplaceofhope.com. And look at that depression and anxiety survey and just see where you score on that. Wonderful way to uh, at least start a conversation or answer a few questions. Absolutely. Doctor, yes. I appreciate it. We'll put a link up, aplaceofhope.com. See the questionnaire and uh, see what's going on in your life or that, that loved one. Doctor, thank you much. Good to be with you today. President Biden, Pennsylvania. Republicans in Congress are doing everything they can to stop my plans to bring down costs on ordinary families. The plan is not finished and why the results aren't finished either. Jobs are back, but prices are still too high. COVID is down, but gas prices are up. And with the gas prices up, I guess he's going to go to Saudi Arabia. Let's bring in White House correspondent John Decker. You know, every president at some point realizes you need the Saudis. You got to, we got to get them to pump more oil, John. Well, you need them in terms of the fact that we depend on fossil fuels to keep our economy going. We need them for oil, and that's the reason, I think, one of the reasons why President Biden is traveling to Saudi Arabia, is to get Saudi Arabia, the leader of OPEC, to increase its supply, get OPEC to increase its supply of oil so as to bring down gas prices here at home. Always a careful dance over there. In announcing this trip, I know details still to be worked out. He's also got Israel, I think, on the list? He does. He'll travel to Israel first. Uh, that's the first part of this three-day trip. Uh, meet with Israel's relatively new Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, and uh, they, uh, Israel and the U.S. has a mutual interest that is uh, trying to focus on the real threat that Iran poses not only to Israel but the entire Middle East. Uh, Saudi Arabia, by the way, has that same threat. They, they are mortal enemies, Saudi Arabia and uh, Iran. So, look, I, I think that the, there's a lot that can be accomplished, but no doubt about it, the biggest issue is the issue of oil, the issue of increasing supply. And I asked Yesterday, uh, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, about this, whether this is essentially uh, a last-ditch effort, Bill, you know, a Hail Mary attempt uh, by traveling to Saudi Arabia. Uh, she said there are many issues on the agenda. She wouldn't answer that question directly, I think, for obvious reasons. But, you know, to a certain extent, the administration has tried a lot of things, and none of them have worked in terms of lowering the prices of gas that we're all paying at the pump. Our John Decker on it this morning. President Biden called him a pariah while he was running for office, but uh, he's going to have to get in front of him uh, in the uh, with this trip. All right. Uh, John Decker. Thanks, John. Thanks, Bill. Spend a couple minutes on Deshaun Watson. Best Browns coverage this morning. Fred Griffin with us. Here's Deshaun. I appreciate the fan base, um, especially the interactions I've had outside in, in the community. Uh, that's been awesome. Um, it's been some, some good uh, interactions. And, you know, when I go out to dinner and to movies and things like that, everything's been pretty good. Uh, so I want to thank, you know, the fans and continue on to, you know, show my face in the community and build and build that relationship uh, with all the fans around here because I know that's most important. Uh, and Cleveland is being a Cleveland Brown and, and having the fans and the team, you know, be as one because it's one big family. 
Best Browns coverage, Bill Wills, Mike Snyder alongside Fred Greetham, 24-7 Sports, Orange and Brown following them. Hey, Fred, good morning. We had breakfast last week. 90% of the chat was about this. We're talking Browns this morning, and we'll, let's start with Deshaun Watson. At least he, he moved the story a little, didn't he, by talking yesterday? Yeah, good morning, guys. It it was a little unexpected because he has not been available. In fact, he hasn't talked since he was introduced on March 8th, actually March 25th. So it was close to two months or, or longer, and it was good to hear from him. I think that was the story, that he was willing to, you know, get out and talk, um, showing that, that he – he wanted to address some of the concerns and, you know, and obviously he didn't say a whole lot about the legal issues, but as I wrote, you know, he maintains his, his innocence of the allegations, you know, as far as assaulting and the things that he's been accused of. But he did say that he regretted how this has affected the Browns, his own family, the fans, and kind of the dark cloud that it's brought over the organization. So we continue to talk about it until there's a result, a resolve to it. It's also interesting, didn't he? He did reveal that he's undergone some form of counseling, right, Fred? Yeah, he said that he's taken advantage of what the resources the Browns have. He's had counseling and and working, you know, talking, you know, on that behalf. He said he's actually been out and about. A bunch of fans bought him popcorn at Top Gun. He went to to see that, and he's just really enjoyed. He's not hiding. He's he's out in the community, and uh, you know he's trying to get this resolved as best as possible. But I think right now, until the NFL comes down, there's not much you can say. Anything that you've heard on a timeline for that NFL decision, Fred? I have not really, other than I do know that June thirtieth. As I understand, is the the deadline for what they call discovery. I think in legal terms that you have to have all your, uh, you know, your evidence or, or whatever turned over. And I think maybe the NFL was waiting on that to say they let the process, you know, so all the information was out there. Now I don't know with more recent um, suits if that changes anything, but I would think. They would get that in. I would think they'd have pretty much what they have, what they're going to do made up. And I wouldn't be surprised to see something, you know, around the 4th of July weekend maybe get lost a little bit in the in the shuffle. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, the, the other quarterback still on the roster seems like there's been a little more uh, intensity or the, the word I guess they're using in one report, some more urgency from Carolina maybe to acquire Baker Mayfield. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that obviously if a team is interested, you know, especially to be a starter, you would want them to uh, come in and practice with the team since this is, you know, I think the mini camp, if they're doing it this week, that would be their last shot. But I do think you want to get somebody up to speed with the offense and not start, you know, when the, just at the brink of the season. But I don't know. I think it's gamesmanship all the way around. I think something will happen. But I think a lot of it is the resolution, what's going to happen with Watson, because that affects so, so many different things. Best Browns coverage, Fred Greetham. Follow him. Follow him on Twitter at Fred Greetham 9 right? The handle? That's it. 
Fred, good stuff. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, pal. Back tomorrow morning with more Best Browns coverage. They uh, today working out. Yeah, they'll be in Canton. Actually, a very light workout there. Yeah. I think this is more of a team bonding day. And and also, uh, the coach wants the players to take a look at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Coming up at 845, Tim Alcorn in for a hammy. Called it last night with uh, Jim Rosenhouse. With the... There sound like there were some Guardians fans there last night. They really know? did, really? yeah. When they, when the game ended with that game-ending double play, you could hear some cheering. We'll talk to Tim at 845 on that win. Look ahead to the nine. Plus, attorney Wendy Patrick at 850 on the governor says, yeah, you want to arm the math teacher? Fine. With the Guardians <laughs> win in 10 last night. Uh, Bill Wills, Mike Snyder alongside for Metro Lexus, Tim Alcorn on the trip for uh, Tom Hamilton. Tim, good morning, pal. Good morning, gentlemen. Before we get into the specifics of a 10-inning win... I have noticed from the highlights, were there Guardians fans there last night? I heard some noise. Yeah, there were uh, a large contingent of Guardian fans at Coors Field last night. Uh, they indeed were making their presence known. Well, that's great to hear. You know, Tim, it's great to talk to you. I know you're filling in for Hammy this week. I look forward to the day that we have you on in June talking about the Cavaliers this time of year. That will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be that would be a lot of fun, and uh, perhaps Mike, that's not too far down the road. We'll see, but uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying this. A huge thanks to the Guardians organization for asking me to to step in and fill the role. Uh, again, I'm not replacing Tom Hamilton. I'm just sitting in the seat for five more games. Well, listen, you, you call the game with Rosie. You guys did a great job last night. A heck of a game last night. Jose Ramirez continues to speak. You know, you call a lot of threes in basketball. Jose knocks in three more. He's just amazing, isn't he, Tim? Oh, my goodness. Uh, and he does it in so many ways, Mike. Uh, he just epitomizes what a winning player is all about, not just the three RBIs, the stolen base, seamless defense. He can do it all. He's the true heart and soul of this Guardians baseball team. Class A, the, there was some high drama in that 10th inning, wasn't there, Tim? <laughs> yeah, that got a little frantic there with the ball that was hit back to Class A. And, of course, Blackman thinks he's going to try to score, gets caught in a rundown, ball gets dropped. It was crazy. But in the end, Class A slammed the door uh, Boy, he has been scintillating this year. Just outstanding. So uh, the tribe has a, excuse me, Guardians. Guardians <laughs> have a great closer in Class A. Now tonight the series continues. Connor Pilkington on the mound. And uh, uh, he's the guy that's kind of getting those starts with Savali out. Uh, yeah, and Tim, just playing there, did you notice, I mean, the air is always talked about the ball will carry. Did you see that being the case, even though it was a rather low-scoring game last night? Absolutely. Uh, it definitely impacts the game. Rosie and I talked about that quite a bit during the contest last night. And Mike and Bill, it's not just the the elevation. It's not the altitude. It's the lack of humidity. So you, you combine those two factors, and not only does it affect the batting, but it affects the pitching because the ball doesn't spin quite the way the pitchers want it to. It doesn't break quite the way they wanted to, so it's definitely impactful. There is no doubt about it. I'll tell you what, Alcorn, wintertime, we're talking Cavs, you're in some warm climate. Here we are in a heat and humidity year-round in the no-humid Denver area. He just knows how to dodge it, doesn't he? I just want to be Alcorn for a week. I mean, he just just, (laughs) sounded good last night, too. Good job, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it, and again, uh, I'm just really honored that 
the uh, the Guardians asked me to step in. It really means a lot to me. Eight forty first pitch tonight. Uh, Union Home Mortgage Guardians game day. I get you ready at seven thirty. And uh, uh, Rosie and uh, Tim Alcorn with the call again tonight. Uh, Tim in for Tom Hamilton for a few of these games. All right, thank you, pal. We appreciate it. Sorry, thanks, guys. Great Guardians, great talking to you, buddy. Guardians fan fact: Mike Snyder, who was the Roll Age reliever uh, of the year in nineteen ninety five? Jose Mesa. Say it like you love it. Yeah, well, I loved him that year. Forty six <laughs> games. Uh, congratulations. All right, uh, coming up, Attorney Wendy Patrick on uh, Arm and the Math Teacher. Good night. Eight fifty four News Radio WTAM eleven hundred. The Spill Wills. Uh, guns this week in Ohio, of course. Constitutional carry became law. Governor DeWine also signing a bill that uh, it's not for the school boards if they want to arm the teachers. Attorney Wendy Patrick on the Fox Hotline taking a look at this. Interesting uh, and, and reaction. What do you think of this? I'll tell you what. Yeah, there, there's a, a split of opinion as to the propriety of arming teachers. I mean, teachers didn't go to the police academy. They are not firearms experts. And this particular law that you're talking about, um, obviously, it's voluntary. But it reduces the number of hours of training that a teacher would have to have to be armed. And that can't be a good thing, is what a lot of people are arguing, that obviously if you are going to be armed and become a first responder if you need to, the more the better when it comes to firearm training. So uh, it's not popular among everyone. Yeah, Different states are set up different ways. The governor, uh, at least uh, here in in the state, you know, you put the law out there, but it's up to the school boards uh, to do what they want. His statement was, we're trying to do everything we can to keep uh, kids safer, to feel safer, because... Yeah, you know, with these shootings and these things that have happened, uh, there are some that think, well, if there was a quicker response, maybe we could stop some of these things. A quicker response and a response that uh, is going to be effective because of the amount of training that somebody has. So you have these – now, some teachers maybe are firearms experts, and for them, I think, you know, they probably are the ones that are giving the training. But there are another people that think, you know, we need a law enforcement officer who did go to the academy who is a firearms expert. No weapons. Um, but then that may not be feasible for all districts. Uh, my, What I think is going to happen with this law, and I've been following it very closely because it's fascinating, it could really be a, a blueprint for other red states, as I say, regarding a Republican administration, is you could look at a law like this and say, well, because it's voluntary, because it goes district by district, there may be some ways in which maybe we require more training or, or, there's, or different kinds of training. Um, maybe they work in connection with law enforcement, but this might be uh, a reigniting of this debate in so many different states that might follow yours. I mean, I think it's a fascinating law. Um, I, I was a bit surprised that they reduced the amount of hours, but you know what? If you read the text of these bills, there's a rationale for everything. Attorney yeah, Wendy I Patrick, you yeah. Both read them. Yeah, you're right. Uh, hey, let me get you out here quick down this. Supreme Court, uh, obviously the big case on, on Roe v. Wade, any speculation? Is that the last one they deliver in the next couple of weeks? The first one? What do, what do you think? You know, every Monday and Wednesday, which is kind of the two days to watch, um, I have literally been, you know, I wake up camera ready (laughs) because nobody really knows, you know, uh, what's coming down the pike. Um, There are other important cases. You know, you hate to say that the other important cases are all overshadowed by Roe, but it's hard not to acknowledge the significance uh, of what could happen on Roe. So uh, today's Wednesday and I'm ready to go. Should we have that ruling today? There's like 30-some cases that will be coming out. All right, you stay ready. Uh, I, if I were you, I'd charge by the case. You'll probably make more money that way. I, I, could. I, I know. <laughs> Attorney Wendy Patrick. Thanks, Wendy.
Thank you both. Jimmy Malone show up next. We're back in the morning at 5. Pick up the pieces. Put up what's uh, put together what's going on. Preview of the U.S. Open. We'll talk about that with our golf guy, Don Padgett, tomorrow. Also, uh, Mark Bone at Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. There's a, uh, a local company going to match a chef with you for a little personal meal. We'll find out more about that tomorrow morning, too. This is Bill Wills. Thanks for being there. Take care of yourself. Have a good day.